Hello and welcome to the Fintech Australia podcast, Finney Special, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. With the help of the Victorian government, Bogus and BPay, we're bringing you Australia's largest and most prestigious Fintech awards yet. We want you to tune in and pick the winners. And this year, you can join in virtually, in person, or host your own office party. So wherever you are, let's come together and recognize the amazing people Aussie FinTech is renowned for. Registration for the awards event is now open. Go to thefinnies.org.au. Hello and welcome to the Finney Awards podcast presented by FinTech Australia. My name is Rebecca Shotguppy and I'm your host for the Female Fintech Leader of the Year podcast. Welcome to the show, Caroline, and congratulations to everyone at GoCardless for making it as a finalist to this year's Finneys. Thank you very much and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and we, look, we are here to talk about your nomination for Female Fintech Leader of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be great if you could share your story and to our listeners First up, let's talk about how GoCardless expanded into Australia. Sure. So I've been with GoCardless now for a little over 14 months um, and previous to that had had some experience in payments for the past few years at um, PayPal leading Braintree in Australia. And when I came across the GoCardless product, um, being that it focused on bank direct debit, direct debit, as opposed to credit card, it was like, the complete opposite to everything that I'd been working on for the past few years. Um, but I was very attracted to not only the culture, but also the vision of GoCardless. So this is, you know, the first time that a company has focused on and innovated in the direct debit space and stitched together the global network of direct debit schemes in order to create uh, a payments platform that rivals Visa, MasterCard and Amex, but using bank direct debit, which we know is a much better mechanic for recurring payment methods. Um, so I was really excited to come and join the GoCardless team um, as an extension of the UK. And we had France at the time, and we've since had boots on the ground now in the US. And uh, we accept payments in 30 countries. So we've grown really quickly over the past 12 months or so. It's massive growth. And you just touched on the problem you're solving but mm-hmm. how big is that problem in Australia and can you shed any light on t- to that problem and um, yeah, sure. how big the potential market is? Yeah, so different ends of the market um, and different use cases and different types of merchants or customers have different needs for direct debit. But historically, no one's really innovated in that space and brought it into the 21st century. So I wouldn't say that um, direct debit had gone through any kind of digital transformation um, like we saw with credit cards and wallets and so on. And so that posed a few problems. For small to medium businesses, it made it uh, really difficult to get access to direct debit as a pool payment mechanic. Um, You know, the banks take on a lot of risk in those cases Um, They have to go through a lot of due diligence um, and onboarding with small to medium businesses. And so in a lot of cases, it was just too hard um, and they didn't want to put, you know, reserves in place and go through the months and months of process to get access to direct debit. And so for that end of the market around SMBs, we solved that problem by giving them the technology, putting it in their hands and giving them access to a dashboard that helps them manage their payments automatically. 
um, and reconcile. And we've been really fortunate to partner with some fantastic platforms to help us in that space, like Zero would be an example and QuickBooks are partners that we work with. Um, and so that's been fantastic for small to medium business to help them understand and manage their cash flow better. So, you know, one of the things we're really trying to solve for small to medium business is cash flow and managing payments. Um, and so if we can give them a mechanic that allows them to pull money out of a customer's account on the due date as opposed to chasing money, um, you know, and, and giving cash flow back, we're solving a real problem for small Australian business. And then on the opposite end of the scale being the enterprise um, and larger mid-market and international scale, nobody had pulled together direct debit and stitched the global network together the way that we had. Um, no one had automated and built like an open API payments platform uh, for enterprise that allowed them to manage payments more efficiently. And then we're using, you know, the network effect of all the merchants we have globally and the billions of dollars that we process to build some real smarts around direct debit that, that hasn't been um, in the market to date. So things like smart retry, special fraud tools, um, you know, success plus we're, we're recently launched in Australia. We're moving off beta at the moment. And that means that we look at um, the network effects of all the transactions that we have, the local data from our local merchants in country, and then use AI to predict when is the right time to take money out of somebody's account and to take that heavy lifting and onus off an organisation to have to manage that. And so, um, yeah, we solve a few problems at kind of every end of the market, but um, for many of the merchants and clients that we work with, once we really sit down with them and get under the hood around how they manage payments today, there's always an opportunity to improve something, whether it be introducing direct debit as a mechanic because they haven't had access to it before, even though, you know, 40% of Australians prefer to use it to pay bills, or is it that we're improving the way they do things today? And from someone that manages a small business, well, FinTech Australia is essentially a small business, I can, I can understand that problem and I can relate to the fact that direct debit makes a huge difference for our cash flow. So I can only imagine how big it is with people with greater scale of invoices and bills to pay. Absolutely. Caroline, you've been nominated for Female Fintech Leader of the Year. What is your approach to leadership and how does it influence your actions and activities in your business? Uh, I don't think that my leadership style is foreign um, these days, which I think is, is lovely. I have been very fortunate in my time to have leaders who have been very transparent and open and vulnerable with me. And we've built very authentic relationships based on trust that have meant that we can all do our best work. And so that is the kind of environment that I try to create for the Go Cardless team. We have very honest, real, authentic relationships that are built on trust. The team are motivated by the same reasons that I am to be at Go Cardless. Um, they really believe in what we're doing, what we're delivering for businesses and also in the product itself and the opportunity that we have in front of us. Um, and because of that, um, I'd say my leadership style is that we're, we're very much a team that kind of work together with the same goals in mind. When I'm having a hard day, they know, you know, I don't hide anything from them and vice versa. I really care about their wellbeing and I know that they care about mine. And um, that allows us to do what we, we call living our best work at the moment. Great. And I can completely relate to that as well. 
So what initiatives have you developed as a leader in your business? What was the success of these initiatives? When I started at Go Cardless, there were only a couple of people on the ground here in Australia and outside of France and Spain at the time, we were the first international office. And, you know, I kind of giggle because I I don't think um, maybe everybody knew what they were really in for, managing a remote office that is literally on the other side of the world in every sense of the word. Um, And so, you know, some of the things that I put in place in order for me to attract fantastic um, staff here in Australia, in order for me to be able to expand on the go-cardless solution and also perfect it for this market, um, it meant that I had to not only be part of the go-cardless broader culture, but I had to build on that. And I had to make sure that the people who joined the Australian New Zealand business felt part of that as well. And so, um, you know, part of what we did is made sure that we were sending information back to the international teams and back to the UK and making them feel like part of us so we were top of mind. So in, you know, late last year we did something called an Aussie takeover and we took over one of their all hands and we all (laughs) dressed up as iconic Aussies and um, they had to come in a little bit early for us. They came in at 8.30 in the morning but we had um, Vegemite toast and lamingtons waiting for (laughs) them and little koalas on everybody's desk and we gave them a bit of a history lesson about Australia as well. And so, um, you know, some of the initiatives are making sure that we're not just rolling into that culture, but that we're helping them build on that as well and helping them perfect the solution globally and the way we go to market. And that's really important to me. Um, The Australia initiative sounds awesome. What did you dress up as? (laughs) Yeah, I was a kangaroo and I had like a little pouch at the front. Uh, we had a Steve Irwin. Uh, we had a famous AFL football player. We had an echidna. We had a scuba diver. It was it was quite hilarious. I feel like I'm going to have to send a photo now to somehow put up on the FinTech Australia website. But we, we did everybody proud. They'll be pleased to know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was, it, it was a lot of fun. And we also adopted, and this is, you know, in, in hindsight, it was, was right ahead of um, the start of the year, which was the fires. And we actually um, sponsored a koala on behalf of the UK office um, ahead of that happening and sponsored one for the, for the Australian business as well. So we both had pet koalas heading into the start of the year. Um, And then, you know, the response from the go cardless business globally when Australia had that hard time in January and February was really overwhelming. So um, Hiroki and the exec team, we, we donated $50,000. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, we, we'd only been in the market really for about six months and, you know, anyone who's running a startup, let alone a global one, will know that, you know, that's not easy. 50K can be spent a multitude of ways. Um, but that just goes to show how important the market is to go cardless and that, you know, we, we had had an effect and we're now squarely part of the business and part of the culture. Yeah, that that's phenomenal effort, particularly given that um, you were so new in the market, but, you know, the scenes that were being portrayed overseas were quite dramatic and mm-hmm. particularly if you'd done that initiative, I think people could really in that relate to what, you know, our nature and our lifestyle is really about. So it was very confronting for a lot of people at the start of the year. Yeah, absolutely. 
So last question for today. Mm. Um, what is the major obstacle you and your business have overcome? Uh, I feel like everybody's going to say the same thing, <laughs> but it would have to be COVID. Um, you know, you as you and I. the first. I think everyone's touched on that, but I think you're actually the first. To say oh, really? It. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, I'll, I'll go right into it then. <laughs> it's been hard. It's been hard for me. So, you know, you and I were talking just before um, about logistics. I am a Sydney-based mother of two that runs a business which is based out of Melbourne. And so normally pre-COVID I would be flying down on a Monday and flying back on a Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, historically I would have flown to Brisbane for a couple of meetings if they were the right meetings. And so, the, the you know, the, with the world being flipped on its head, it's meant that I'm not only managing the team remotely and they've been fantastic in moving to remote working and working together, but it has been difficult. And we are at a point now, particularly um, in Victoria, where we are really missing that face-to-face and it is starting to have an effect, I think, on the way we work together and we're looking forward to getting back together. Um, and so I think, you know, there's it is a difficult role leading an organisation remotely away from headquarters, which is what we did before. Um, but now having to do that during COVID and literally being disconnected from everyone in your first year or so of doing business is, is really difficult. Um, you know, when, if we go back to talking about culture and, and leading, you know, this has really tested me as a leader. I am a very hands-on, um, in-the-detail leader. I love meeting customers. I love going out with my team. I take customer support calls when I can. I love being in the office. Um, I'm, I'm a very tactile, tangible, around, present leader. And so I have found this time very difficult and I've had to really think about my brand and how I remain consistent for my team and how I create a consistent environment for them without being in their face-to-face. No, I completely um, sympathise with that. And obviously we talked about it before the show, but what I find it really hard because I also like to be in the detail, but it is so hard to be across the detail virtually, but also to sell a vision um, Mm -hmm. virtually and is a lot harder and get everyone kind of connected and engaged in that vision is a lot harder virtually than it is um, person to person. Um, so I can yeah. sympathise, at least I've had my two longest standing team members for nearly two years, so we have a very good working relationship. But Jazz, who's in the behind the scenes for everyone on this podcast, is our grad in policy and ops and he's only had, prior to COVID, has only had one day in the office and I don't think you've met me in person, Jazz. So. <laughs> that does make it so hard and you know we've had a couple of people on board as well through this period and they've done extremely well and are already meeting and exceeding many of my expectations um and I think that's a real credit to them because I don't know because of the kind of person I am whether or I would have been as successful as they have <laughs> um but you, you just touched on vision and it is very hard as a leader to present a vision and plan and be able to articulate that vision and bring people on board for the journey when you yourself as a leader are not really sure about parts of that because of what's happening in, you know, in our environment. Um, and so, you know, it was basically 
I liken it to someone kind of pulling the rug out from underneath us this year. We were growing at such fast pace and we still have despite COVID, which has been fantastic. But, you know, with growth came plans around headcount and events and, you know, marketing and everything, everything had to change. And so they have, these have been really testing times. Very testing um, before I let you go, I'd just like to thank Go Cardless support for the Emerging Young Leader of the Year Award. And I would like to thank you for joining us today and good luck to Go Cardless in the final. Thank you very much and thank you for having me. Our pleasure. And for everyone else, if you'd like to join the celebrations on the night, go to thefinnies.org.au. And a big shout out to the Victorian Government, BPAY and Vocus as our main sponsors. They are helping make this year's Finneys the biggest yet. Also, a special thank you to Seedspace for sponsoring the Female Fintech Leader of the Year Award.